Welcome back to the One Two Kentucky Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Coach John Spurlock. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a great episode for you. I got to talk with three wonderful strength and conditioning coaches. Brenton Jones, who is obviously here at UK. Brendan McDonald, who is at Pitt. And Emily Guyman, who is at the University of Arkansas. The unique thing about each of them is that they are right around the one-year mark into their current positions. And of course, they all have a connection to our program here at Kentucky. Jones and Guyman are in their first full-time coaching gig, while BMAC is in her second full-time coaching role. We've talked for a good amount of time and following along with the questions and talking points that I wanted to cover. But as soon as I ended the episode and stopped recording, we continued to speak candidly. So I hit the record button again to capture that part of our conversation. And I'm going to add that to the end of this episode. As always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. But I'll start off by doing quick intros on the podcast today. We have from the University of Kentucky, Coach Brent Jones. From the University of Pittsburgh, Brenna McDonald, and from the University of Arkansas, Emily K. Guyman. And the K stands for Karen. <laughs> I wanted to get you guys on here um, because all three of you are in a unique spot where you are in a full-time role, but it's been almost one year or you're right at the one-year mark that you have been in your current roles at your the, the schools and athletic departments that you're working in now. So I wanted to talk through what's been going well, what are some things that were unexpectedly good or bad, some things that you've learned, and then we can just let the conversation roll from there. But for me personally, I get to see Jones every day because we share an office over at another weight room, but I don't get to talk to Guyman and BMAC that often. So this helps me put out a good podcast and reconnect with you two. So I appreciate everybody being on today, but let's get rolling into it. So been in your current roles for one year. What is something that you were unsure of 12 months ago that ended up not being a big deal at all? And Jones, I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing for me that I was worried about, like taking the job is I had applied and been trying to get a full-time role for a little while at that point. So I think I had it completely overthought. Like you hear people say, you need to worry about this. You need to worry about this. Or you're, you're all good here. And the different levels of like coworkers and mentors I had were like, you know, telling me different things. So to be honest, I thought I was going to come in and three months were going to go by and it was going to be like you sitting me down going, what, what were you thinking in this situation? And I was just going to completely mess something up. That was just a disaster. Like that was what was on my brain. Um, and I think it took me a little bit to come in and just go, Oh, I'm good. And like, you know, these are the things that people told me to worry about that are fine. Cause they're a strength of mine, or these are the things I need to be worried about. Cause I don't do them so well, but I know them so I can handle them. Um, and that was kind of the biggest thing that now I, I don't worry about that quite as much. Got it. BMAC, going to you. I mean, I'd been in Kentucky for almost six years, so I knew, and we have a very specific way about doing everything there, you know, so I think I was very worried and nervous about coming in and, and figuring out what another staff does if they were as intentional and like all on the same page in the same system as, as Kentucky runs. Um, kind of like Joan said, it ended up not being an issue at all. You know, they were, it was very much, I kind of rolled in, they showed you what you need to know. 
Um, it's a much different setup here that I'm at now, which we'll talk about throughout this. But um, I was really worried about figuring out and fitting into their system and, the, and that ended up being a non-issue. And then I think for me, the other thing I was worried about with was, um, especially my full-time teams at Kentucky, I was in, I had some unique circumstances with those teams that I, I think I was able to make a little bit more of an impact with a couple of those groups than, um, you know, you don't always get the same opportunity that I had with some of those groups every day. So I, I had a little bit of fear going into this new role of like, can I come in and change, you know, teams or really make an impact the way that I did with certain teams that I had at Kentucky, or was that just a fluke and it only happened one time? Um, so I think it was hard for me to like, kind of learn new teams and, and, you know, like not always compare them to my past team, but just like Joan said, it ended up not being an issue. And, and once you get kind of your feet on the ground, you figure it all out. Makes sense. Guy, I'm in throwing it to you. What's something 12 months ago you were unsure of before you got to Arkansas? Well, I tend to like overstress and overthink like simple things. So everything, um, but some main ones would be like programming for softball. I have softball and swim and dive here. Swim and dive, I was super comfortable with coming in, but softball, I had never programmed for myself. I've assisted, but um, I didn't know a ton about the sport. Like I knew like basics. And so um, for me, like I was freaking out about that, but like in reality, like if you can program and um, train like one team, you can do any team. Like you just have to like, you know, write your needs analysis, talk to the coaches, see what they want, trial and error, and it, it'll be fine. Um, as well as when I got here um, and even through the interview process, I was told I'd have some big shoes to fill um, that everyone really loved the strength coach before me. Um, so that kind of took, like, I was really worried, like, am I going to fit in? Are they going to like me? But like, if you just come in and like own it and have confidence, then you'll be fine. That's something that I didn't really think of that you would say that. I don't, BMAC, did you hear that at all? Jones, you probably definitely heard that filling shoes that Brenna had with our men's soccer team and our, uh, swimming team as well. But just thinking about going into a new place, into a new role, what did the person do before you? Did people like that person? Did, were they happy that they left? But that was something that I didn't really expect any of you guys to say. B Max, thoughts on that? What I've learned, and, and I think the beauty of the system that you've set up is that most of the people you have are familiar with or have experience with the system that you have, and then also the athletes and how that, that team's training history. So Jones worked under me with those teams, but also knows your system. And it was a different sort of transition. I'm sure Emily had kind of the same thing as I had, like I had quite a bit of turnover. So I'm the third strength coach for my teams within three years. Both of the two coaches before me were at the complete polar opposite end of the spectrum of how they train. So then I came in being somewhat in the middle of those two coaches and they don't really know what to expect. There's more so like fear around strength conditioning, but there's no one way to do things. So these coach, these athletes have seen all this different stuff and totally extreme points of views. And then coming in, they're like, I don't know what to do with any of what you just said. Whereas with Jones, he kind of knows what they were already dealing with, knows what they're used to. That makes sense. Jones, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's that's you hit it right on the head. Like, I think it was a thought process of, well, I know Brenna's been doing this for a while. I know she did a really good job. I was I worked kind of for her with some of these teams. So it's like, what are the expectations? And that's one of the things going back to the last point that I just had to take a breath and say, well, she's already set some things up. I don't need to come in and change it. And then it's just, well, Brenna's one person, I'm another. So what are the things that she did well that I kind of have to replicate in my own way um, and just go from there. But that was an easier process than expected. Cause I think I was prepared for it 
because of all of you guys. So going to BMAC and Guyman specifically, you both were at Kentucky for an extended period of time. BMAC, your first year with us as a volunteer intern was 2016. Is that right? So yep. then your t- volunteer intern, summer intern, GA, full-time assistant, uh, Guyman, similar routes, but you got your first full-time job at Arkansas. My point being that you guys were at Kentucky working within our program for a long time. What were some of the biggest adjustments you had to make going into a new strength program, a new athletic department, a new city um, for BMAC, a new conference as well, but kind of talk through some of those adjustments and BMAC, why don't you start? Um, I think I credit a lot of things that have gone well for me here from being from Kentucky because I went from like very structured to less structured. So, you know, we're very meeting big at Kentucky. Like it's very common among sports staff, strength staff. It's like, hey, Spurlock, can we talk about this? We set up a meeting and we go. Um, Here, especially with like some sports staffs I work with, they don't like that. It's more pop in my office whenever you want. So it's a lot less. I went from super structured to very little structure, which was really weird for me at first. I was like, just set up a meeting. (laughs) This is how we do things. There should be a small conference room. We should sit down. Let's go. Um, And that was very different for me. Um, I think even within the athletic department in Kentucky, a lot of things are are outlaid of like, this is the process we want you to follow through. These are the things of how this goes. And I refer back to that a lot when I'm making decisions here, but we don't always have those same clear frameworks set up here. Um, So I think that was kind of the biggest thing for me is that for so long, I was told like, this is exactly how we want to do it. And then here I'm sort of in, we still have systems and there's still a lot of people there to help you, but it's much more uncharted water. It's not so easy for me to just look up this chart or go straight to somebody and here's the direct answer. It's more so like me navigating my own waters. What can you give me an example from an athletic department standpoint that might have been clear cut for Kentucky because you heard it for your, you know, however, however many years you were here, like as an athletic department, it's done this way. What's something at Pitt that you ran into? It's like, well, Kentucky, I know would I would do this, but at Pitt, I had to navigate it a little bit. Um, one of them, so bod pods, you know, like we had a certain routine with bod pods at Kentucky. My role with bod pods here is quite different. Um, I had to go around and ask a lot of questions and because I knew how we did that at Kentucky, I asked certain types of questions, which helped me figure it out, but there was no one way of like, this is your OPT team. This is how everyone's going to meet. This is the order of events that happens. That makes sense. That makes sense. Guyman going to you. What's one of the biggest adjustments you had to make going to Arkansas? Um, definitely the meeting thing, like that happens to me too. Like I'll like walk into Whitney's office. I'm like, Hey, like, can you and Zane, like, can we, um, find a time to talk about this? She's like, well, Zane free right now. I'm like, I think so. She's like, let's have this meeting now. I'm like, well, okay. (laughs) I'll have to put it in teamworks. But, um, so that's been different. Um, for me, like the biggest thing was going from a department I knew really well to something like I didn't know what I was really walking into. And that's like how the the training history of the athletes, what kind of movers are they, you know, like they have maxes that they're off of, but I'm like, what did this max out look like? Are they estimated maxes? Um, and things like that. Um, new weight room. Like, so, you know, I might have an idea of how I want to train this team, but if I've never like been in that weight room in that space, it's like completely different and the flow might be different. Um, and things like that. And then just kind of thinking like not all programs work for all teams. So like I programmed for dive at Kentucky and I came into Arkansas, like thinking I could just do a very similar program, but the athletes are very different of where they are, like in their athletic abilities. So I had to adjust on that as well. 
I like that a lot, Guyman. Not it's not a program that you put together that is the best program for one sport, specifically divers. You think you got a great program, you ran it at Kentucky, you go to a new school, a new weight room, uh, new sport coaches, and then all to, all of a sudden that program is doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> good. I'll good. echo her on the maxes. I came in and my athletes, one team hadn't been in the weight room for almost a year. A different team was not used to having numbers to work off of. And that was so wild. Even trying to explain to them, you're going to have a number, I'm going to tell you this took so long. And I think having assistance with you, like we have fellow or paid intern coaches here day one, I was like, these are the racks I want you to be on. And then they're wandering all around. And I'm like, no, 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 you stay on. This is how we do things. And they, they didn't know it, but I took very much for granted that for years I had Guyman and Brent and all these people that knew our system and knew our routine. I could just tell them to go do something, but I had a different picture in my head of what I wanted than they've ever seen before. Great, great stuff, guys. Jones, next question for you. So you came on to our staff as a summer intern. Weird year for you because you came in during that COVID year when everything was virtual. Um, then we kept you on as a coaching assistant. You went to Virginia Tech after your time with us was done. You came back as a full-time strength coach here. How long did it take you to get comfortable in that full-time role um, as you transitioned from a coaching assistant with us to a little bit of an elevated position at Virginia Tech and then coming back to Kentucky? Um, faster than I expected. Um, I think probably after two months or so, I felt pretty comfortable about, you know, where do I need to go to get this question answered? What, you know, what do I need to do on a day-to-day -day basis? I think the hardest part was just getting adjusted. How long is it going to take me to get to work and where, you know, what is my schedule for the day? All those things. But once I figured that out and got in a routine, everything else was okay. Um, I'm a, people pleaser at heart, like no doubt about it. I think everyone knows that about me. So if, you know, it, whether or not it's correct, like if I'm doing my job well, um, I like I'm not, I don't feel right if like you're not happy with me or my coaches or even athletes or just everybody around, which is an impossible task. So I think once I had some conversations with you or Johan or whoever it was, and they were like, you're doing fine. It was like, okay, like they're not, they wouldn't lie to me otherwise, you know, so I, I think I finally was able to believe that. And it was like, okay, just do your job every day. Um, but, you know, after a couple months, I, I think I was all right. I think that was a good conversation that we can share here that you and I had. And I, obviously you talked with uh, Coach D about it as well, but you're in a new role. You're trying to please everybody, which I think, you know, as a support staff member, you're trying to do your best job, but you have a lot of responsibilities. You got to listen to me as your boss. You have to listen to Johan. You had to listen to uh, Lars and all the other assistant swim coaches and, and, and including Harry with our rifle program. And if you're trying to please everybody and you have equal, you're trying to make equal time and it, it gets overwhelming when all you have to do is just understand the expectations that have been laid out for you with those people that you are working with, have constant dialogue with them to make sure that you're meeting those expectations. And if they feel like you're not, then you just continue a conversation about how both of you can get better in those areas. And that that's all you can do. You can't sit there at night trying to fall asleep, worrying about whether this one person on a sports staff or another support staff member thinks you did or didn't do a good job uh, that day, that week, that month, whatever it might be. Yeah. Uh, Guyman, you're in your first full-time job at Arkansas and you transitioned from a GA with us to full-time job at uh, Arkansas. We pride ourselves on making sure that our graduate assistants 
are treated like full-time staff members. You sit in on a lot of our meetings. You have some oversights and some supervision, um, but pretty much the communication with your athletic trainer, dietitian, sport coaches, and everything in between falls back on you all as you know functional certified strength coaches. What was something that popped up in the last year that we, we try to prepare you as much as we can, but might have popped up that you maybe you wish you would ex, would have ex, experienced at Kentucky that could have prepared you more for your uh, full-time job at Arkansas? Uh, this is a hard one to come up with answers for because I really did feel prepared. And because as a GA, like I have my own teams, I program, I meet with the coaches and the support staff. Um, so I had that experience just kind of um, touching on like what I talked about last time is like walking into a completely new situation, like with athlete wise, like when I shadowed Brenna, I got to like um, get to know the athletes, see how they move, see how like she worked with a specific um, athlete, you know, who might, I don't know, have an attitude problem or like has some weird limbs and squats differently. So like I, when I took over, like I knew what that was going to be like, I knew how they moved I knew how to program for them because I'd watched her do it and her try things that maybe worked well, worked in all that stuff. Um, so walking into like something that I really didn't know much about was definitely challenging. Um, but like through that process, I learned so much and like be able to like troubleshoot, troubleshoot and problem solve on my own. Like I spent so many, so much time being like, what do I do right when I get there? Do I continue on the strength coach is program that they had like laid out for the like first couple months I'm there. Do I do like a mix? Do I just come in and do my own thing? Like, I was like, I don't, I, again, I don't know how these people move. And so I just ended up doing like a week of orientation. <laughs> so like, thank God for like all the orientation um, sessions I did um, with like swim, dive, golf, all that stuff, men's soccer, um, so yeah, like I just, you know, was like top of the knee up for like a whole week. And I think they hated it, but it got me, it got, it gave me a chance to like really see how they move and kind of move forward from there. Um, one I mean, one thing really real quick I wanted to point out is that you started in January. Your teams are softball and then swimming and diving. Swimming and diving oh, yeah. is pretty much in the, not the middle, but you know, they're into their season already. Softball mm -hmm. has already gone through their off season training. And they're, you know, preparing to start competing in February. So I think that was a unique position to be in. It's not like you showed up in January and you had teams like BMAC has both soccer programs where they're just starting their offseason program and you can lay the foundation. You're trying to see how they move, uh, take them through orientation, whatever you had planned, but they're about to go into their competitive season. I think that's a, a unique perspective that's good to have. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a great point. Like swim and dive, especially like I come in and they're like competition time SCCs is in two or one month, one month and a half. So I'm like, like I have an idea of okay, where they're at and where they should be and what I want to do with them. But like, are they prepared for that? You know, do they have the abilities to do that? And so I also got kind of lucky where half the team had COVID right before then. And then we're coming back. So I'm like, okay, it's a good acclimation type week to do. So that ended up working out well. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. Like it was, that was definitely something I was freaking out about, but again, like have confidence in what you're doing, like, you know, start simple, don't get too complicated too fast and you'll be fine on that. Um, but yeah, like really not a lot of things popped up. I'm just like 
there's some different kind of communication styles of coaches that I'm like trying to figure out and work with, um, that are just different from Kentucky. But besides that, like I'm, I felt very prepared to be a full-time. So thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Mac, to you, a little bit of a spin on it. So you were a GA, you got the experience you needed to have to be hired on in your first full-time role at Kentucky, but going into your second full-time gig at Pitt, what was something that you maybe you wish you would have experienced at Kentucky that kind of took you off guard at Pitt? I think I'll echo Emily and I, I sat at this one question for a while looking ahead of this of like, what do I say? And there really wasn't anything that I was like, shoot, I've never experienced this. If anything, I felt way more prepared than, you know, anybody else walking into to a role like this, because I did have all those like frameworks of, of how I've seen it operate very organized before. And then I could kind of pull from that as I navigated it here. Um, I think really the only things Emily touched on it too was understanding different communication styles. The fact that you know nobody wanted to meet or would have times to meet and stuff. That fit, navigating that and new people that haven't seen the structure I have was difficult. Um, I think the only other thing was just I'm in a staff that values sports science. You know we have a whole new sports science department that we just started. So the only things that I didn't encounter and they weren't vital things, but it was more so I have all this technology at my hands now. Um, you know a lot of these people are pushing the envelope with with different things that you can do in the field. And, and they're saying things that I've never heard of before, you know? So they're like, you know, we're learning about a contact grader. We were interviewing a candidate for, for one of our sports science jobs. And they're like, what's your DSI? Are you this? And then I had no idea what they were saying. So, but that was part of what attracted to me to this role was figuring out that next step. So I think baseline level of needing to be a strength coach, needing to take care of my teams. I was tenfold prepared, you know, more than I could have ever asked for. It was really just those newer things, which was what attracted me to this role that I had no idea. Love it. Next question going out to everybody, but we'll start with Jones. Jones, what's the your most favorite part about your job that you have here at Kentucky? It could be about our strength and conditioning department, athletic department, the city. What's the best thing about being an assistant strength coach at UK? Um, I, you know, I feel like it's a common answer, but people for me, like, I think what I've liked the best is obviously strength conditioning staff. Like I knew you guys, I knew, you know, you and coach D have allowed me to come in and like mess things up and, you know, not micromanage me and allow me to fail and learn. So that's step one. But the biggest thing is what I've learned about how to do my job or just be a professional at a high level from like people that don't have the same title as me. So coaches and like sport coaches and trainers and things like that. It's been like unbelievable getting to like learn about strength and conditioning from people that aren't really in strength conditioning or how to do my job, I guess. Um, that part's been fun for me. And I just think there's a lot of people here that it's been almost overwhelming to kind of go to and get a different angle on things um, that I hadn't thought about before. BMAC, favorite part about Pitt? I got a two-parter. Um, number one, just the amount of resources there at my fingertips. So there's a lot of like new material to learn almost every day, which is overwhelming at first. Um, but I definitely know I won't get complacent here. I think the other part of it is that, you know, Pitt is developing as an athletic department. Um, that's one thing that drew me to them is that it's very much like we need to catch up. We want to catch up. Let's put all, let's like work on this. So most people I go to, they're not going to say no. They're like, that's a cool idea. Let's go and try this out. Uh, but it's given me a lot more autonomy here. I'm in charge of an internship. You know, like I have a lot more things that because we don't have that setup framework, it's like I have a voice at the table. My first week, I talked to someone about my new Kentucky home. And the next thing I know, I'm in a meeting with all department heads listening to what I have to say. So um, I, I like the amount of resources, but I also like the opportunity that I've had to add value in ways that I didn't necessarily get to at Kentucky because those things were already set up. 
I think that's super important to mention. And Pitt's up and coming, but you all are kicking butt. You know, volleyball's doing great. Men's soccer, men's soccer got to the Final Four. Yes. Awesome. And a football team. I know football team won their bowl game, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So Pitt's doing a great job. Guyman, going to you, favorite part about Arkansas? Um. So it's just me, Whitney, and Zane that work out of our weight room. So, like, we, we've gotten really close, and we – because between us, we don't have like a bunch of teams. There's like a lot of open time in the weight room and free time to do things. So, and Whitney's very much like, you don't have to be here. Don't be here. Um, so I definitely have like a lot more free time, which is really nice, um, which I can spend going to practice more, which I didn't have the opportunity to as much as a GA because I was running around my head cut off most of the time. Um, but yeah, so that's been really nice. And being able to focus on my own training and Olympic lifting has been cool. Um, but yeah, just like having a bunch of time. I have a dog now, so I spend time with him a lot. So that's been nice to have that like work-life balance a little bit better than maybe when I was a GA. Love it. Next question, still going to everybody, but BMAC, I'll start with you. And I do specifically remember, Jones, you and I had a conversation where it, I, I think it kind of came back to expectations where you're like, I, I need to take care of my teams, but I also want to contribute here. I want more responsibilities with this. And I, I think I ended up telling you, I was like, hey, let's just get our feet on the ground. You make sure you are the best assistant strength coach that you can be for your teams. And then once we get past this semester or this part of the year, then we'll start talking about adding X, Y, and Z and, you know, upping uh, expectation and your roles and responsibilities. So with both, all three of you, one year into your current roles, Things might have been overwhelming at first, but what are some of your goals for 2023? Things that you feel like you can tackle now that you got one year underneath your belt in your current position. BMAC, we'll start with you. Yeah, I think it's taken me a full year to really understand my position here, um, both because I have a different role. You know, before I had three teams, I oversaw things. I was in the weight room more, um, whereas here, especially in the fall, like I'm in film, I'm in meetings, planning practice. I have a much different role than I had before. So I finally feel like I understand my role. I understand the expectations of what my teams are looking for. And now it's like, okay, I figured all that out. Now we can move with it. Women's soccer has to start like my goal is to just get them to trust and be in the weight room. They've been out a full year. They don't trust it. They've had the extremes. So with them, I'm still laying the foundation with men's soccer. On the other hand, they've trusted me for a year. They've been in there for a year. They, they have training age now. They understand it. So now I want to start to play with all of those new resources that I have. Uh, biggest thing is I'd like to because I train the keepers separately than field players here. I'd like to get into force velocity profiling. Um, but I also want to learn a lot of the, we have a sports science department. I have all these resources. My whole motto this year has been, I don't want to touch any of that until I understand the basics. So I'm at that point now. Now I want to start to add on some of like the flashier stuff, if you will. Um, that wasn't a necessity, but now that's why I came here. Guyman, what are some of your goals for 2023? Um, I'm glad you asked this question because like I have no, I did, had no thought about it. I was like, I was like, that's a great question. I should have goals. Um, just because that first year, like you really are like taking it day by day and figuring it out. And now like you are comfortable. So it's like, okay, how do I make myself uncomfortable again to keep growing? And so that's definitely something I need to put more thought into, but it would definitely be like working on my own personal development. Um, we do continuing education now, Arkansas, but it's much more relaxed. Like we'll be given like, I don't know, like an online seminar to do. And we just kind of do it on our own time. And that's kind of it. So like really holding myself accountable for my own personal development, um, reevaluating my strengths and weaknesses and trying to like build upon those. Um, you know, now that I am in my 
first year of a full time, I can really like play with new things too that like maybe I haven't done before, but I've seen um, just like try new things um, and continuing working on that work-life balance. You know, I mentioned I do have like a lot more free time. So am I feeling filling it in productive ways, um, making sure like I'm still, you know, pushing myself and learning more about strength finishing, but also like taking that time off and not making work my entire life. Um, so just continuing that. Well, I'm glad I asked that question, Guy Min, so you can start thinking about your goals. Jones, what's your thoughts? Um, I think the biggest one for me is, I mean, I'm approaching a time when I can look back and say like one year ago today, this is what I was doing with whatever, whatever the team is. So just kind of reflecting on like taking the time to reflect as I go through this year um, and keep the stuff I thought went well last year and get rid of the stuff that maybe didn't go so well. Um, it's still only been a year, so there's tons of stuff I can get better with. So just trying to make sure I spend time to be intentional about that. Um, and then with that being said, it's a little bit different of a position now that I'm taking on women's soccer the past couple of weeks. So I, I just need to make sure I'm, you know, onboarding that, I guess, to, be, to the best of my ability. Love it. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast today. Very insightful. I think everybody's going to love this episode. If any of you out there listening have any questions for us, don't hesitate to email us at ukstrength at uky.edu. Now it's going to be Go Cats, Go Panthers, and is it Woo Pig? Woo Pig. <laughs> Woo Pig. There we go. We'll end on that, guys. Appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. See ya. Thanks, Burlock. Get um, very high candidates or like high quality candidates. So they might be like undergrad and it's their first internship. And, you know, if I, if I like held myself to like, okay, I'm only going to do people who have graduated um, and have experience, I would have zero, yeah. zero interns. So like, I have to take the people who this is their first internship. They might not know if strength conditioning is for them. So that's been an adjustment for me um, working with interns is like having to deal with that, like basic, basic strength and conditioning. Yeah. I think you're in a unique spot guy, man, because it's just the three of you yeah. and there's no, if they are short-term interns and we had to deal with that years ago before we had our CA positions, because it was at the time me, D let's say Rankin was on staff at that time. And then we had two GAs, Metzger and D Felix, let's say back in the day, it was constant. That's all we felt like we were doing was interviewing for our volunteer internship positions at the, to be ready for the summer, to be ready for the fall, be ready for the spring. And I think it was only one time, maybe two people that were retained for another semester because they couldn't find a job. But that was just such a stressor on us because you had to bring them in, teach them our system. By the time they learned our system and we're pretty solid at it they're already out the door <laughs> mm -hmm. so and, it, and it's like you think half the time they might come in you do all that work and then they don't do a good job and you're like oh my god yeah. like what do we, you're, it's just adding work they do nothing to help you and it's like, i remember there was quite a few times that we got people on board took them through our orientation process we got to the point where we're about to trust them and they're like yeah, i don't think this is for me it was like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> we have poured so much time and effort into you so that you can be a functional member of our staff and actually get some experience. And now you just decide that, hey, you know what? I'm good. Yeah. 
I think like Emily said too, trying to get them caught up to speed. Like you do it in the summer and you don't have team competitions going on then. That's the only thing that you have to deal with. Yep. Like for me, I'm in a different building from the weight room with soccer most of the time. So fall interns, it's like, I'm not even over here to be with you guys all that much. So I can teach you it. Then I go to the other building. I don't get to see if you're doing it. I'm not even there for feedback. So that's definitely a, a nice thing that you only have to go through that once because you're right. It's, it's a constant thing. It's a constant reset. Yep. You have to, you know, they don't know the teams, or your expectations. So then you're in season trying to throw them in and say, hey, here's the lift. But then they don't know what you're doing yet. And you have to wait forever before they can actually coach. It's It's been a lot of learning. <laughs> and yeah. I think like Emily said too, location is, is different. Like I'm in a big city. So it's hard for people to come to an unpaid internship living in a big city. Um, I think it's easier to get people because there's a lot of schools around here. But a lot of them turn their nose up at an unpaid internship because more schools have paid internships now. So it's almost like, well, why would I come do something for free if, you know, I can work for these, you know, get more paid internships or go another route. Yeah. I think you definitely see a shift there. I think one thing for really all three of us, including you Jones, uh, but D has mentioned it quite a bit that are, because he keeps track, he keeps track of how many people we interview every year for our summer internship. And he keeps saying year after year, that number is going down, down, down. I would like to know if other schools are seeing that trend. My original thought was back in the day, I think we established our internship program much earlier than most programs. And since D and I have been here for so long, we've been able to develop it, develop it. We have a great reputation, but then everybody else is developing their own internship program as well. So I don't know if the number is actually going down or if there's just more quality programs that you can go to that it just makes it look like less people are applying for our summer internship. But I think that would be a good good discussion for you know us three to keep in the loop about and maybe even bring in Metzger at Tennessee. I think she's still in charge of their uh, internship program, but to see, hey, what are your applicant numbers look like, like the overall number of people that are applying? I think it's both because I've had a lot of people reach out to either Stephanie or me to talk to me about like my internship program. And uh, a lot of people are saying that, that they have a hard time. I think, like you said, a lot of people are beginning new ones right now. So then they call and they're trying to figure out how to get people. Um, I also think it's term dependent. Like I found that the summer and the spring were very easy to get people and I had really large classes. But then in the fall, especially undergrad people or people coming out of undergrad, that's not the time that they do their internships. So yeah. finding people for the fall was like the hardest thing ever. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's both. I think Stu from My Momentum, how he's like reading that page, I think that's going to be, that'd be an interesting thing to pull into that conversation because he's got like such a hub for people to see all the different programs that they can go to. Um, and he's trying to push out a lot of stuff. But part of me also thinks that people are are straying away from athletics after COVID because I know we've had in different departments openings for people and it seems that no one's getting applicants in like full-time or internship positions like they used to. We've talked about it before where it's, you know, in strength and conditioning, we're the only profession that I can think of in the athletic performance standpoint, you know, considering dietitians and athletic trainers that you can get your full education, meaning you have an undergrad degree and a master's degree. And then your next step is I'm going to go work for free. Mm -hmm. It's not financial, especially coming out of COVID. It just financially does not make sense for a lot of people. So like BMAC said, people just getting out of college athletics or not even getting started in college athletics just because it's unreasonable. It's interesting to like see the way it's changed too. Like, you know, 
when I had my very first internship, like there was no internship curriculum. Like it was like, you, you come in, you observe, you clean the weight room and then like, you can hang around and maybe ask questions, but it wasn't like, we're going to sit down and hold your hand and have this meeting and teach you all about like, you had to, you had to want it. And I think like that can make a little bit of a difference too, with the candidates that we're getting, like you know, you had to want this and put in the time and sacrifice that effort and unpaid time versus like other people are like, oh, like they'll hand it all to me and I'll learn and I'll figure it out and it'll all come to me. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's interesting to like look back and think about that. Yeah. And you got that first call to work for free and you were pumped. You were like, yeah, need unpaid internship. Let's go. Oh, yeah. And now they're like, do you give me housing? How much, how many assignments am I getting this paid for? It's very much a How many t-shirts am I going to get? <laughs> You'll get nothing and you like it. <laughs> what are you going to say, Jones? I mean, that's definitely the way people approach it. Whereas like you get some people, I feel like a lot of people, us, it was just, I was in my undergrad and I was just like, that looks cool. And then I started helping and they were like, okay, then it, it was completely just extra. There was no, like you sign up for an internship. You just started helping. Cause you were like, this is exciting. And then it's different now. They, they sign up and they show up day one and they're like, all right, what do you have to teach me? And it's like, that's not how life works not strength conditioning that's not how anything works it's not not what do you have to kind of show us that we're you know it's worth our time to kind of teach you this which is just the mentality is odd i got an email earlier this week and it was somebody an undergrad that said i'm a freshman i got your email address from my professor and i would like to shout to you when should i come in like the expectations are just i don't want you there not because you're a bad person but I, the expectations that if you're going to come in, I'm going to want you to contribute to our program in some way, shape or form. And right now I don't have the time. The staff doesn't have the time to train you, to get you up to speed with our core values, with, you know, everything that we, um, hold ourselves to, we hold ourselves to a high standard. So it's, it's not that situation here, but it might be at some places. I think like Emily and Brent said too, the more I talk to my coworkers, I'm glad that I saw the framework you guys set up for your internship so that I had a skeleton to build mine off of because so many of my coworkers, I talk to them and, you know, we have another coworker that runs our fellows or our paid intern, their curriculum. And, uh, you know, he, I'm talking about, he's like, I've never seen anything like what you have. I just volunteered. And I just, you know, if I did something wrong, I'd get yelled at and then I'd move on. And uh, if I hadn't seen what you built, I'd have no idea where to start because it's, that is what, you know, there, there didn't used to be that structure. And some people still have not seen that structure to understand like how, how you can build it or manage it. So how do the fellows work? Do they have their own teams? No, um, they are pretty much like your CA positions, but okay. then we have cheer and dance and they can program for that. Okay. So they have a few opportunities to travel or they're like first in line coverage. Like Taylor on staff has wrestling and baseball. So when he goes with baseball every weekend, our fellow will cover wrestling and they get to run that. Gotcha. Do uh, Is it a one-year deal or a two-year deal? Do they have to take a class? No class. It's a okay. one-year deal. I think they get paid 40 hours a week um, from like June or Ju- June or July through the end of the school year. I think with our fellows with in the athletic training side, they have to take a class because they get a certificate in something. So they're they're enrolled in school, but they still get paid on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the hard thing. Like now I'm in a position where I'm helping people get jobs, which is also a new thing. You know, like I'm, yeah. I'm the person that's trying to help push them out. And uh, no two positions are the same. You know, your paid intern versus our fellows are similar positions, but they're different. Some teams, I think when Brent was one, he got to program for teams. 
So trying, I'm like, okay, here are good next steps for you, but any of these could be completely different worlds and environments. Let's just see what we get. Yeah. Yeah. I had an intern this past fall and he went to school here. He'd been graduated and came back for this internship. And he was like, I'd really like to stay in the spring. And I'm like, I know, but you should go see somewhere else. Like you, you gotta like get out and like see other programs because it's it, you're you're just gonna learn more, you know. Yep. Awesome. Well, guys, I started recording again, so <laughs> I might add this to like a bonus episode because I like it when we talk candidly. Like yeah. obviously, yeah. being prepared for questions is great, but when you guys just started continue talking, I'm like, no, this is this is good stuff. We got to make sure we record this too. Had to make awesome. sure you drop an F-bomb. Yeah, can't say <laughs> <laughs> Bleep it out. I'll bleep it out. I'll figure out how to do that, and I'll bleep it out. It'll be fun. This is not me hitting the table again. You know what I mean? <laughs> we did a podcast, and we all – I have this new mic that I use. It's great, but we're all able to sit around uh, a table and talk, so we don't have to be in separate rooms or anything like that. But Jones kept – doing that <laughs> like, get passionate. i got the headphones in you gotta stop hitting the table bud <laughs> <laughs> all right group it's good talking with you guys you guys too